0: You're listening to episode 40.
1: Oh, honey, don't worry. I got it.
0: Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear simple solutions for living an extraordinary life. My name is Daniel M.
1: And I'm Christina M.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of teaching our kids to fail, not fall, fail. <laughs> well,
1: fall too, maybe. <laughs> yes, fall flat on your face. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so that they can rise again.
1: Mm-hmm. Every
0: time I hear rise again, I think. you
1: raise me up not that one no that's no (laughs) i was thinking about
0: like a phoenix rising from the ashes or something like that
1: (laughs) yes that's what we're trying to create in our children right
0: (laughs) yes little phoenixes (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) well christina what's the impetus for the episode
1: i was on facebook surprise surprise and i came across an article that a friend of ours posted about lawnmower parents have you heard of this new term no, I haven't. So I think we've all heard about helicopter parenting. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. You know, the parenting that's hovering around your children. Is, are,
0: are we helicopter parents or are our parents helicopter parents?
1: I don't think my parents were helicopter parents. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> No offense no offense to them. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. (laughs) But, I mean, they also were, like we talked about previously, both our parents were immigrants, and they worked long hours. Mm -hmm. And so we were like the latchkey kids. Do you remember those movies at school where you wore, like, the key around your neck, and then you would put it inside your T-shirt so people wouldn't see that you were a latchkey kid, and you let yourself in, and, you know, you were staying at home probably younger than maybe you should be, but... You know, we heated up our T V dinners and, and survived.
0: Yeah. So that's that's what it was like for you?
1: <laughs> yes, it okay. was. Um oh well, I guess your mom stayed at home a little bit more. Yeah, and, and I was
0: the youngest. That. That's so true. my sisters watched me. Quote, unquote, watch. Oh, my brother,
1: quote, unquote, I guess, watched me, too. But (laughs) (laughs) we just did our own thing. Yeah. Anyway. And so helicopter parents, I guess maybe that's what we are more of. And that's the generation of parents that hover around their children Mm -hmm. and make sure that, you know, they don't get hurt and don't get lost. And all of that. where I think it's really driven by love, but also by fear, Mm. fear of your children getting kidnapped. Let's yeah. say it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, how does that differ then from the whole idea of a lawnmower parent?
1: So I think lawnmower parents also have the helicopter parenting tendencies, but according to this article, and we will post it on our show notes, you can go to org slash episode 40. Um, lawnmower parents go to whatever lengths necessary to prevent their children from having to face struggles or adversity or failures and issues.
0: Okay. So they're they're mowing over failures
1: it, well they're, they're
0: mowing over obstacles
1: exactly oh, they're, okay. they're pushing or mowing the uh issues out of the way so that their kids will never have to actually face them
0: okay Okay, I get it. So instead of preparing children, their children for challenges in that, hey, here's something that you're going to need to face, learn how to get over it, mm-hmm. uh, they, they're they actually just mowing those obstacles down. Yeah, so, you, so that the, the children don't, don't even, even experience that. Yeah. They Okay, and but if they don't experience it, then they don't even need to... Overcome then, anything. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't know how to. Because
1: there's nothing to overcome. Yeah, okay, right?
0: okay. But I mean, really, when you think about it, isn't this coming from a place of love?
1: So what's the issue, right? If yeah. it's coming out of a place of love.
0: Yeah, because you're not doing that because
1: you I mean hate I mean if, if you see a
0: hole like we were we were just at the beach. Right. And in front of our tent, Adeline was digging this massive hole.
1: Like, like that hole, like digging a hole to China. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and she called
0: it her booby trap.
1: <laughs> Yes, like, and it was did. so funny
0: because she won't really, it's, it's seldom that I'll see her so focused on something, Right. but Victoria and Macarius were playing in the sand or they're in the water and Adeline, she wasn't even doing the booby trap inside of the tent where it was shaded. It was right. in front. So she was like right under the sun yeah doing this big booby Probably trap
1: for about 30 minutes yes she's and, then, and
0: then she was done. I was like oh i'm done and i was like okay adeline so what do you, what do you mean you're done she's like i'm, I'm done I'm, i don't need to do it anymore so <laughs> she cleaned up and the booby trap was right there and i was like we live in america someone is gonna sue <laughs> yeah, us for
1: breaking their ankle like, <laughs> yes it was deep man it Even was really when she was deep. like you should try to step in and i did and then i was like Dunk. i'm yeah. like whoa this is yeah. a lot so i was like
0: adeline I don't want anyone suing us. <laughs> so you need to fill that hole. And she was so devastated. Oh, it's and I was And like, I was like, okay, if you don't want to do that, then just keep all your toys around it yeah. so mm-hmm. that people know there's a hole. And she so she, she kind of half filled it.
1: <laughs> so you're not going to break your ankle. You're just going to twist it. Yes. You can't sue us for twisting your ankle. <laughs> precisely. Just precisely. the way it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: So when you think about it like that, right? I mean, I'm I was in a sense trying to protect her from what was what could have happened right or even if i mean what if she god forbid stepped into it or her siblings she stepped into it so when I did that, when I was kind of like, no, this is what's going to happen if you keep on doing it that way. Was that me being a lawnmower parent?
1: Um, I think there was a little bit of wisdom in that, okay. too, okay. right? Because you don't necessarily want them to get hurt.
0: Yeah, well, that's the like thing. Physically. I Like, physically. Well, we don't want... No parent wants their kids no, to get hurt.
1: exactly. But I think also, like... I mean, we have a big magnolia tree in the front of our house. Mm-hmm. And we let the kids climb it. Yeah. And we basically say... This is always what we tell them is like you, if you go up, you have to be able to come down. We're not coming to get you. And second of all, always hold on to something. If you're holding on to something and you're falling, (laughs) like hold on tight. Yeah, and then you'll probably be okay. Yeah. So I think in like lawnmower parenting, maybe in that case that you would maybe not let them go up, or you would tie like (laughs) like a string or like a loop, exactly, so that if they fall, don't worry, like you're at the bottom catching them. (laughs) I'm (laughs) an expert wall climber. (laughs) (laughs) I do actually have my well, it's probably expired now, but I do have a certificate. Of being a belayer. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah How I did, did I not know this? I did it in high school.
0: The only thing I ever came close to belaying was, remember those water bottles that came with those belays on top of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that even what they're called? Nope. I don't know. <laughs> I have know it. It's that hook. Yes. I, and I, I love those water bottles because right. I can hook it on my backpack.
1: Oh, you're such an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay. So in raising our children, um, Obviously with Lev, uh, but also being a lawnmower parent, we're really raising children who have not struggled maybe a little bit or not struggled at all. Mm -hmm. And we're not creating children who are happier because they're not struggling. So we're actually... So
0: struggling actually does lead to happiness then? Well, I think later on,
1: later on in the sense that we are creating a generation that has no idea what to do when oh, they actually struggle. Yeah. And so have you ever thought like you're, you're working out a problem? I know even something, a simple example is um, sometimes my necklaces get tangled up mm, together mm-hmm. and just sitting there and struggling to get them untangled and then finally having the satisfaction of it being untangled for working like I don't know 10-15 minutes on it and there is a sense of happiness in that right like oh man an accomplishment like I did that so what are we taking away from our kids in terms of struggling that later could actually be an accomplishment they feel good about for themselves
0: Yeah. And that reminds me of that episode we did talking about grit, right? Because when you think about it, as you help your kids encounter struggles Mm -hmm. and work through them and understand what that looks like, I mean, you're developing, you're helping develop grit in them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also teaching them that failure is natural. Let's say yeah. that first, it's a natural consequence, of uh, thing that happens for trying. And second of all, that it is okay to fail. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. if you study all, like we just went to the Kennedy Space Center yeah, and we were learning all about um, NASA and how they were, all these, you know, brainiacs were coming together to develop um, different ways to be able to go to the moon. That was yeah. their that mm-hmm. was their goal is to send uh, humans to the moon. And how many times they've had to fail, and how many times they've had to try again. And even we were learning about Apollo that lives were lost yeah. because things went wrong. And um, but people kept going. And now moon the moon is like old news. Now they're actually wanting to develop um, the technology to send people to Mars.
0: Yeah, precisely. So. Long term, then, if let's say our kids, if we continue down this road of lawnmower parenting Mm -hmm. and our kids don't necessarily know what to do when they encounter struggles because they haven't encountered many of them growing up. Right. What? would be the consequence
1: well i love um what jessica Leahy says and she is the author of the gift of failure she says every time we rescue hover or otherwise save our children from a challenge we send a very clear message that we believe they are incompetent incapable and unworthy of our trust ouch uh-huh Further, we teach them to be dependent on us and thereby deny them the very education and competence we are out here on this earth to hand down to wow. them.
0: I've never really thought about it that way because, in a sense, I'm saying, you know, you, I, I'll lawn mow, I guess, difficulties and obstacles away because right. I want to help them and I want them to get further and I want them to, you know, you kind of do it out of that positive heart, but I never mm-hmm. really thought of it from the other perspective of actually saying, "Hey, you're, you can't do this on your own." Right. I mean, even this morning, for example, Victoria wanted to have a snack before breakfast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the things we do on Saturday mornings, right? So, yeah, we
1: sleep in and yeah. they get to Well, you write. sleep in. <laughs> yeah, you write. <laughs>
0: yes, I write.
1: You'll be sleeping in <laughs> in a few months. <laughs> yes,
0: so I'm trying to get my next book done. So I'm writing in the morning, you're sleeping in, and the kids are watching iPad or TV, and we just mm-hmm. kind of let them chill out on Saturday. So usually before breakfast, they're eating mm-hmm. snacks. So this morning, Victoria was like, oh, can I... Pickles for my snack.
1: Oh, she loves pickles. (laughs) She loves pickles. She does. Yeah. And
0: it's this big jar of pickles that I had opened yesterday, and I believe I was the last one to do it because I opened and I closed them. So I was like, "Yeah, sure, you can have pickles." And the pickle jar was already out of the fridge, and it was right there. So she's like, "Oh, okay, great, thank you." So she brought the pickle jar over to our counter where we're podcasting right now, Mm -hmm. and I was about to go and open it for her because it's a it's a glass it's, jar.
1: It's big, and it's big. Like yeah, I don't yeah, even know yeah. if her, her hands would be able to yeah, fit exactly. over. Yeah, exactly. So I
0: was about to go help her, and then she went up, and I was like,
1: "What?" Whoa. She didn't even ask <laughs> it, and I was like, "But I wanted to help you." Of course, you've been building some muscles. <laughs> no <there. laughs> kidding,
0: no kidding. Right. So in a sense, it was like, "Hey, yeah, of course you can do that," and I didn't trust that she could do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right exactly so but i just think even the fact that let's say she couldn't open the jar mm-hmm. instead of us going and being like helping right away yeah, are right. there other techniques that we could teach her and that's teach her right. children to make things easier like to that they would be able to to open it so for example like you know tap the bottom yes, of yeah, the jar yeah, to lo- loosen some of the pressure or tap the side of the lid with a spoon i've heard that before i um, different ways to be able to successfully open the jar without us coming to the rescue
0: oh yeah 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 that's good so what what are some other long term effects of of lawnmower parenting, then, if we kind of chase us down down the road, exactly.
1: So I think um, a big one would be that they would not be able to make their own decisions, yeah. whether it be mm-hmm. big or small, because they're always used to their parents or someone else guiding them and yeah. telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't eat pickles for the morning because you know those are high in sodium, or um, you're gonna have breakfast really soon, so don't have that. Maybe consider you know a a lighter snack or something and then so later on when they are older like are they going to struggle with what to eat for breakfast because they've never had to make that decision before
0: yeah, that reminds me of that time. And I don't know if we shared this on the podcast, but it reminds me of that time when we went grocery shopping for the first time. Oh my
1: goodness. And oh my I had to pick goodness. out
0: salad dressing. <laughs> yeah, we must have talked about it cuz yeah, it's Yeah, you have to uber share this again. Uber <laughs> this is
1: the perfect example. Yeah,
0: and cuz I never I never had to shop by myself
1: for groceries. For
0: groceries. Yeah. Yeah, and even for clothes maybe sometimes, I don't know. No, but, I but don't I don't think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not okay. the way. Okay, but definitely not Grocery
0: shopping. I went to the grocery grocery store a lot Uh
1: because
0: my dad owned a grocery store. My parents did. So I'd go with him to Costco. I would guess how much it was going to be. I'd go with him to save on foods. We, you know, to the grocery store and we would pick out things. But I never had to pick out anything on my own. Right. Never. I just. Maybe if it was, he was like, oh, get this specific thing.
1: Yeah, or get the cheapest or yeah, I don't it, know, something Yeah, but it was like never that. as
0: generic as go get salad dressing. Okay. So when we were in Montreal, you were like, oh, can you go grab some salad dressing? This is and the
1: first time you're living on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, this is,
0: and this is, we were dating at the time. Yes, yeah. So we were, it was you and I with how many students? 40, Yeah, I think. and we were all living yeah. in a dorm mm-hmm. uh, on, at, at the McGill campus there. So we went to the grocery store for the first time and you asked me to go get salad dressing. And I couldn't choose. Like I literally couldn't choose because there were so many choices. choices. Right. And because I had to buy it with my own money, it wasn't like just go for craft or go <laughs> for the name. brand. I was like, oh, look, there's n- there's there, there's non-name brand and it's the same brand as that. But why is this version cheaper than that? Right. And why is one buttermilk ranch and the other one just ranch? And yeah. what's the difference? And exactly. I, just, I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed.
1: Uh huh. And I remember I was like, you pick out the salad dressing. You have like three other things on your list. I'm going to go here and, you know, finish my list and then we'll circle around and meet back uh-huh. at the checkout. And you're like, okay, sure, no problem. And then I was like, done. I'm like, where in the world are you? Yeah, I don't even know if we had cell phones back then. No,
0: we didn't. And, yeah. and I, like, seriously, okay, we did have cell phones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're not that old, Christina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but were you having like a panic attack? I was
0: having a panic attack. Oh. I was so flustered and stressed right. because I couldn't choose.
1: And I remember, I think I yelled at you, and I yeah, was like, and that Pick made me even
0: more flustered a
1: salad dressing. <laughs> <normal laughs> it was like, I literally can't. Love. There are too many choices. <laughs> so I was like, okay, ranch cheapest. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess in that instance, because you never had to make those choices, or those choices were always made for you, that you were actually having anxiety mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, and, and now I can. Right. Right
0: now, I can do that, but because that was that first time, I it, it's kind of like you know, I don't, I don't want our kids to go and and we for their first yeah yeah it, for such a simple task like that. Right
1: at that age. Right. And I think also in those terms about making decisions, if you are not allowing your child to make decisions or are always telling them what to do or not to do, you're kind of telling them the message that they're not good enough. Mm. They're not good enough to wow. make the decisions. You don't trust them enough to make the the decisions because you don't think that they can accomplish things on their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and in a sense they wouldn't really be able to I wonder how how much that would actually affect their personal motivation and drive because have they ever had to pave a path for themselves
1: right like how would post-secondary education be in those instances because I think in elementary school even I see from kindergarten to now uh, our oldest is in third grade like kindergarten they told you exactly what to do uh, the you would get an email every time and so on and so mm-hmm. forth and then as they go on in further grades they're trying to create more autonomy so we don't always get an email from the teachers uh, the students in third grade are expected to write their homework down in okay. their agendas yeah. and sort of do it that way so I'm thinking in post secondary in post secondary education, if you're not even told to like write things down in your agenda um all of this stuff, maybe you'll just be lost and then like if you want to go and talk to your professor. Do you do that? Or do you have you you call your mom and ask your mom to come with you to help talk to your professor? (laughs) No joke. Like I've heard of this before where it's like the parents come and try to help them get into like they'll go and talk to the dean of admissions or they'll go and talk to the professor like that wasn't the greatest mark for my child. What can my child do to, you know, get extra credit and so on and so forth where it's really like you're an adult you should be able to go and talk to your professor and yeah. figure things out.
0: Wow, that's scary.
1: It is, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, that long-term yes. effect of that,
1: And even more so scary, um, if we're thinking on a longitudinal level, I was reading the book, Missional Motherhood by Gloria Furman, and there was probably maybe about a paragraph um, about, she was calling it helicopter parenting at the time. And she said, and this was like, mind blowing for me. So the greater concern is not a lack of independence, but that we will inadvertently model to our children that God's faithfulness is not dependable. Wow. So are we in danger of becoming so preoccupied with eliminating risks in our children's world that we neglect to encourage them to take risks for the gospel?
0: Wow. Yeah, in a sense if we're making if we're lawn mowing obstacles and right. we're creating and raising them up to be so dependent on us or
1: so fearful yeah. of you know the unknown
0: yeah i mean how can they i mean how, how are they becoming adults
1: right and, and how, how would they become missionaries let's say so to speak yeah. as well like how would you go about raising funds because you you don't know how to talk to people to ask them that's right for money or to share um the vision that god has called you to right, or even right. like are you too afraid to get on the plane and go to africa because mm-hmm. Because there's so many unknowns and all of that, maybe it would just literally paralyze you. Yeah, and like I, you were talking I don't about.
0: want. No, <laughs> I don't. No, wanna do I don't, so.
1: don't want to instill so much fear and so much um, adverse feelings to difficulties that our children are not willing to respond to God's calling on their yeah, life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the interesting thing here is we've been talking a lot about risks and making decisions for our kids, mm-hmm. but. But as, as our kids grow older, one of the things that we want them to be able to do is, uh, if, is be self-starters, is to be continual learners, yes. is to learn how to take initiative. I mean, that's one of the most important things. And in addition to being adaptable and and, and continuing to learn and all that, I mean, the ability to take initiative is so important. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it like this, where, where if our kids are always looking to us for direction, and if they follow our direction, we're obviously going to be c- celebrating that. We're going to yes. be externally motivating them. You know, it's a little bit of a carrot, you know, a carrot and a stick re- re- reward, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, do this. Oh, I did it great job and they're going to be seeking after that not only uh it, not only is that going to push away initiative and right. not cultivate that but it's really going to create this dependency on external or psychologists call it extrinsic motivation mm-hmm. but when you look at the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation right extrinsic motivation is hey great job right pat yourself on the back or here's a Ooh. here's a paycheck or, yes. and and it's that motivation coming from the outside intrinsic motivation is hey I'm going to do this not because anyone else has asked me to do it and not because I'm even going to get recognition for doing mm-hmm. this. I'm just going to do this because I enjoy this. I know this is going to be great for others. I know this is going to be awesome in this in this way or in that way and that's that idea of that intrinsic motivation and and psychologists actually um they've they've discovered that intrinsic motivation is way stronger than extrinsic. Completely. And if you start paying someone extrinsically, for something that they drove you know kind of derived intrinsic motivation for it actually kills the intrinsic motivation
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so when you think about the long-term effects of lawnmower parenting yeah it also affects their ability to be intrinsically motivated because they're not owning in a sense they're not owning the things that they are, are doing, mm-hmm. right? And if someone's always asking them to do something and they're always waiting on someone else, oh, hey, teacher, what's my homework? Or what is my next step? Or this? I mean, how are they ever going to create? How are they ever going to innovate? How are they ever going to push the boundaries and be intrinsically motivated and own things? they won't yeah (laughs) and isn't that scary it is
1: that's really scary just to think about what would our world and our lives be like if people stopped creating people stopped wanting to invent something for the greater good
0: yeah all right well, this entire podcast is not going to be on the what ifs, and
1: yeah. <laughs> we will give you some <laughs> yeah, tips and the long-term effects. Right. So,
0: so before we share a few ideas on how to avoid becoming a lawnmower parent, and if you are a lawnmower parent, how to take steps uh, a- away from that in a sense to remediate right. it.
1: Let the grass grow, people. <laughs>
0: uh, before we get there, we wanted to share that today's episode is brought to you in part by Audible, and for today's episode, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash between. That's our last name, in between, to get started.
1: So that means that you can get one of the books we've been talking about, for example, The Gift of Failure by Jessica Leahy for free, or any other book that is available on Audible. So let's listen to this excerpt from her book. It's easier to self-soothe by shielding our kids from all risk than to take a pause and figure out which risks are necessary to their development and emotional health. We protect our kids from all threats, whether real or imagined. And when we tuck our kids into bed at night, free of cuts, bruises, or emotional...
0: So to get The Gift of Failure by Jessica Leahy for free, or any other book that is available on Audible, just go to audibletrial.com slash between to get started. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash between. All right, so... How can you avoid becoming a lawnmower parent?
1: Right, cuz I think by now we've talked enough about the scary side effects yes. <laughs> <laughs> about lawn mowing parenting. So let's start with school-aged kids. Um, I think a practical thing to do would be to let your kid do the talking as often as possible. Mm. We've talked about this example before uh, where I remember, like you were saying, that you were paralyzed with fear Mm -hmm. and anxiety about choosing salad dressing. I was paralyzed by fear and anxiety standing at the McDonald's checkout. In front of the cashier, and my dad told me to order. Wait, what? Do you when, not remember? When this? was this? No, I. I think I was. I was old. Okay. I was like eight or nine, and he was like, "Order your meal," and I was like. <laughs> like I didn't even know yeah. what to say. Like I couldn't your get dad it out. Would always order for well, you. My parents would always order okay, for me. Yeah. Especially, I think we went to a lot of Asian restaurants and stuff, and yes. so they would order in Chinese. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd smile and nod, um, and look cute. And so I was literally like, I didn't know what to do. Mm. I knew what I wanted but I didn't know how to say it because I was so scared. And so remembering how I felt, same thing with our kids. I'm like, I never want them to feel like that when they go up to a cashier or at a restaurant. So we always tell them to order what they want.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And if their waiter can't hear them, we're like, well... And, and and they'll look at us and the waiter will look at us. Right. Right. We'll just say, well, we won't order for them. We'll actually look at our kids and be like, okay, you'll have to speak up a little bit louder mm-hmm. or show them on the menu.
1: Right. And we also talk about manners and say, yes, yeah. ma'am, or please and thank you and yeah, whatnot.
0: Even at Chick-fil-A. Right. So yes. after the kids eat and they want to exchange their toy for ice cream, we don't do it for them. We... Obviously, we're looking at them as right. they go up, <laughs> but they go up. They get in line. They go to the side and they talk to the talk to the servers mm-hmm. and,
1: and ask them for their ice cream. Yeah, right. Precisely. So I think another um, one of the article actually suggested this point, and I think this is a great idea. Is that um, if your children want a play date, so instead of re- uh, like arranging it for them with you know your parents' friends that They would call, like you would maybe tell your friend, be like, "Hey, my daughter wants to play it with your daughter. Is that okay?" And then ask them to call and to invite their friend over.
0: Okay, okay. So I get this. I see this with school age kids, right? Right, especially because they're articulate and yes, they can talk. So what about a four year old? okay f- I'm talking about Macario specifically right. well where <laughs> he you know we gotta tell the story yes. where where him and and one of his friends mm-hmm. um, Bennett at his we go to the same church together yes. and and they are at the same preschool and and he was coming over mm-hmm. and Makarios wanted his other buddy Ben so Ben right. Bennett and Macario they hang out and and Ben he wanted Ben to come over as well Mm-hmm. Because he knew Bennett was coming over.
1: Yeah, so I guess the buddies wanted to get together, right? So I am at the pickup line, and he is bawling I'm like what is happening and his teacher comes in and is buckling him in the seat and says oh by the way Makarios really wants a play date with Ben and Bennett and I was like oh yeah Bennett's coming over today and she was like well I think that they were arranging a play date with Ben <laughs> because uh, Macario saw Ben get into his car and drive away and Macario started yelling but you don't know where I live and he <laughs> he was so upset because he didn't know like ben didn't know how to get to his house <laughs> and how are he supposed to have a play date right he yeah. was like so yeah. devastated he cried all the way home so in that case um we didn't do this i'm thinking about this now what we sh- what we could have done is get mcclarios to maybe draw a picture mm. and then write on the paper like Ben, would you come to my house yeah, okay. and ask his teacher to give it to you know, Yeah, that's a good Ben's. way of doing it. Yeah, yeah,
0: because Macarius wouldn't be able to call them.
1: No, well, I don't even have her number. <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those, like, there's a few obstacles that we would have to jump over to arrange that play date. But yeah, I think that's a good place to start.
0: <laughs> that is a good idea. And for kids four and under, they can order. I mean, they might not be able to verbally say to the waiter what they want at the restaurant but they'll they'll you can actually give them a few choices and be like hey do you want this this or this Mm -hmm. and then have them be able to circle it on the page or point at it or whatnot and hand it to them too
1: right Mm -hmm. so and what about high school kids daniel like i think by then they would be able to order and whether that wouldn't be such a big deal um what other further steps can they take to build autonomy
0: yeah, I mean, as we've, as we've worked with students in the past, um, part, of, part of the thing with high school age kids is that they, I mean, they are really in the throes of becoming an adult. Right. And, and learn, well, they need to learn how to become an adult. Yes. And they need to learn how to communicate and be self-sufficient in safe environments. So for high school kids, while there still is definitely room for parental involvement, I think it would be wise for children to really attempt all communication on their own first. Mm -hmm. Right. So for example, if they need to miss a quiz and they need to have a makeup or, or they've, they've missed the day because they were sick. Right. Right. And they actually have to arrange for the makeup of the quiz, have them contact their teacher, have Mm -hmm. them go in and, uh, and, and connect and say, Hey, I, I missed this. What did I miss? Or even have them talk to their friends and be like, oh, hey, you missed a quiz, but here's the homework. Right. So, OK, great. You can start doing the homework, but you actually now need to go to the teacher and take initiative over doing the quiz in case the teacher forgets. Yes. And so that you don't get an automatic zero. Right. Right. And and I think there in, in terms of for parents, there is a place for them to intervene After they've made the attempt on their own Mm -hmm. and let's say they can't get it done or or something else has come up or, or if they maybe have conflict between music and track, uh, you know, and, and it's like, oh, but you have, you have a recital coming up. Mm -hmm. Music is extracurricular I know track is extracurricular due but it's organized by the school so what are you gonna do right right so instead of making that decision for them right say yes I understand that there's a conflict in time right now I Mm -hmm. get that I understand that you're really flustered and you're not really sure what to do but what do you think would be good options yeah
1: and maybe help them in terms of Uh, teaching them how to do a pros and cons list or how to make those big decisions as well. And also, you know what, there are going to be times that our kids make poor decisions Mm -hmm. and allowing them to do that. So for example, I know um, our neighbor. Uh, our neighbor's daughter is saving up for a car so she's babysitting and and working part-time and whatnot now her phone cracked the screen like she cracked the screen of her phone and so her parents basically said well you have money you either are going to use it to like get a new phone or you use it to continue to save up for your car yeah um And she chose a new phone. Yeah. So she spent her money on a phone. And to me, I'm like, that was a really poor choice. Like looking back, I'd be, you know, I'd probably regret that because I think a car is more important and so on and so forth. But maybe to a 15 year old, a phone is way more important. Mm -hmm. And so that's her money. And it was her choice. And her parents allowed her to do that. So,
0: But you have to deal with the consequences. You have
1: to deal with the consequences. So maybe that means an extra year of saving before you get your own car. And you have to take the bus a few more times before you get to drive yourself.
0: Mm, Yeah. So what about kids of all ages?
1: So I think we need to remind ourselves that we, a part of parenting is giving and empowering our children to to make those decisions and to also trust them to make those decisions. Even if
0: it's not a decision you would have made.
1: No, exactly. And I, (laughs) so funny, we have one child in particular who really likes to pave their own way. And there has been times really where I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. Like logically, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) It doesn't make sense that that would work. And lo and behold, guess what? It works, yeah. and I've had to come back and apologize and say, "Hey, I'm sorry for not giving you that opportunity to try that, or I'm not trusting you enough to try something new that I thought wouldn't work, but in the end, it did work."
0: Yeah, which is hard because then it further I know in her I know that, that she she's can, right and yeah. she can do
1: whatever. So or he, you uh, uh, not, not no, trying no, to point out the true, child. Yeah. <laughs> we so, all know
0: who she is. Yes,
1: but. In those instances, you know, and if she's right, that's great. Then that's intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Is it not to try yeah. new things, and if she's wrong, then then she just deals with the consequences. And thankfully, they're little things. They're not huge things. Like, what would I do um, if I were to surf the car? Yeah. <laughs> Or, or, you know, can, can a car float in the water if <laughs> yeah. I try? Like, no, we're not doing this. That's a those really good things, point you know because
0: I mean? when you're starting young, by starting young and having them make choices and have them deal with the consequences and, and understand the cost benefit around that mm-hmm. and even even the whole idea of sunk cost. Right. I think that's a huge, a huge idea that we need to help our kids understand as well. And the idea of the sunk cost is, let's say it's like, hey, for cars, for example. Right. Right. Hey, here's an old car. So we we were actually talking about this on our way back uh, from from Florida from, trip, right? from, from, from fall break. So our car. We're in America, but it has 170,000 kilometers on it. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, so it has 170,000 kilometers. There's rust in a couple places. Cracked windshields. Yeah, and no one down here drives with cracked windshields. But we're, you know, we came from Edmonton and everyone drives with cracked windshields there. Exactly. And and it hasn't gone past the point where it's dangerous, where Uh we're like, no, this is the point where we need to replace it. So there's all these things about the car, yet the sunk cost is that, hey, it's paid off. Mm -hmm. and we've actually done a lot of repairs yeah a lot of repairs and it's like okay if we sell this car uh, i mean we then now have to have a car payment Mm -hmm. and what about all the money that we've put into this already and what about this and and what about that and and there's so many variables Mm -hmm. that we need to that we need to wrestle through this and it's this idea we've put there's so much sunk cost into the car right is it worth it to make a decision now here's the thing that's a big decision for us to make. Yes, because it's a car, and that's a lot of money. But by starting young and helping your kids understand choices and consequences, I mean that's going to be that's going to be way better. Yeah. <laughs> than you know, for example, for Macario's, right? It was like he was saving up for a Transformer, mm-hmm. and he decided to spend seven dollars on a Disney car instead of a Transformer. Right. Now he eventually got his Transformers. It just took, took him longer. like another two months to get it right right and he and he and he and he understood that mm-hmm. right and now when we are at target again and he's like no i want this and i was like well it's 20 dollars." and he's like oh
1: That's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to take me a long time, which I'm glad he knows because there's going to be decisions where there's going to be extra zeros on that. It's not going to be $20. It's going to be $20,000 and it's not going to be, I'm spending $7. It's going to be, I'm spending $700. Yeah. So allowing them to make those choices, whether it's money or different life um, experiences, To be able to understand what the consequences are of a good decision and not such a good decision.
0: Yeah. So, in episode 33, How to Get Your Kids to Listen, we talked about this book, How to Talk to Your Kids So That They'll Listen, Mm -hmm. right? And we talked about this idea of encouraging autonomy. So, what are those five ideas from that book uh, that we can apply to this episode here?
1: Right. So, number one, um, let children make choices. And so, and we're talking about really young children. So, for example, two years old. Let's say uh, you can ask, "Are you in the mood for red pants, or are you in the mood for pink pants?" Yeah. So, for example, um, both girls, Macario doesn't really care at that two-year-old point, but both girls loved to dress themselves. Mm-hmm. They loved to pick things out, and so, and I love matching things. However. I was like, well, this is a great opportunity for them to build some autonomy. And so I was like, you know what? Pick out what you want to wear as long as it's weather appropriate. So don't wear shorts when it's like, you know, three degrees outside. You can wear whatever you want. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. And the second one is to show respect for the children's struggle. Right. So, for example, the whole jar idea. Right. Right. If a jar is hard to open instead of opening it for them. Mm Uh, you know, I need to, I'm, I'm saying this to myself right right now, tell them, Hey, try to tap the bottom of the jar with Mm -hmm. your palm or when you're opening the jar, don't open it in the middle of the kitchen. Right. Where else, what do you think will happen if you accidentally dropped it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's go to a counter or, you know, not not telling them to go to a counter, but, you know, talking them through that.
1: Right. Uh, Number three is don't rush to answer questions. So I remember distinctively Victoria and I were sitting at preschool and she was looking at a baby and she was like, mommy, is that baby a girl or a boy? And I asked her, what do you think? Because I mean, in terms of the way that the baby was dressed and, you know, all blue mm-hmm. and, um, they were saying his name and so on and so forth. I was help, trying to help her piece, you know, information together, but the mom was like, Oh, it's a boy. And I was like, Oh, well, <laughs> I, it's just one of those things. I'm like, okay, we lost that learning opportunity. Yeah, But in the sense of like, Allowing them no, to to think through things because sometimes they're just saying, what do you think? Because they don't want to take the time to think about it or they want to deflect their own answer or their own feelings. We say this a lot in counseling. When we're asking somebody to solve an issue and they ask for our opinion, a lot of times it's, it's not actually that they want our opinion. It's more of because they have then they don't have to think about yeah. things themselves and mm-hmm. go through those experiences and go through those emotions.
0: Yeah. Lawn mowing. Lawn mowing counseling.
1: Oh, goodness. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Number four is to encourage children to use resources outside of the home. So let's say you're at a pet shop and mm-hmm. you're talking about hey, we need to get supplies for our fish or why is our fishes tank dirty or, or you know, our dog's not feeling this well. Right. And, and so instead of, instead of you finding the answer for them or Googling it for them, say, hey, that's a great question. Why don't you ask the pet shop owner mm-hmm. or why don't you ask one of the employees right. and see what they have to say?
1: Yeah, perfect. Uh, and the last point is don't take away hope from your kids. So, for example, our daughter wanted to try out for the talent show instead of saying like, well, you know, they only really have 10 spots out of um, a school of 660 kids.
0: Wait, they only had limited spots? Yeah.
1: And so And she got it. And she got it.
0: I mean, I was there, like I I just thought those the kids that performed were just all the kids no, you that applied. To, dude, no,
1: you had to try out. That's great. And they had oh, limited spots.
0: Oh, I'm now so much more proud of her. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. There's like mind blowing information happening on the other there side is, of this microphone. There is. But anyway, so instead of um Saying like, oh, trying to minimize it and like prepare the child for failure. Um, we were just like, Hey, you know what? That's gonna be a great experience.
0: Mm, yeah, and she was so proud when she got exactly. home. She's like,
1: Daddy, guess what? And guess what? Like, and also she had the intrinsic motivation yeah, to practice. You're right. She practiced yeah, so, so much. And when she was done, like she did really well at the challenge show and whatnot. You know, we made sure to also like say congratulations, but also like you must be so proud of yourself. Look mm. at all that hard work and it paid off.
0: Yeah. So Christina, as we get to the end of this episode, mm-hmm. uh, we do want to encourage our listeners to go to at Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and to connect with us if if you're not already connected. But before we talk about what's coming up next week, any last words on the topic of teaching our kids to fail?
1: Well, I love this quote. And it is, the question isn't, what do you want to be when you grow up? The question is, how do you want to be when you grow up?
0: Oh, is there going to be an Instagram image for that?
1: <laughs> of course there is.
0: <laughs> because you're... Hey, guys, on social media, give props to Christina as well. And her, her ID is at Hu. Kind of reminds me of Xena the warrior princess. Is that where that's from?
1: No, it's X <laughs> is supposed to take out, like, was supposed to represent yeah. Christ, right? So Xena. So
0: X I N A. Exactly. W H yeah. O. Yeah, because that was your maiden last yes, name. Yeah, okay. so,
1: well, you know, Not spelled correctly, but yeah. pronounced. yeah.
0: <laughs> so add Xena who, because she is the one, Christina is the one that's created all of those images. And if you look from episode one, all the way to episode forty. I mean the quality just keeps on going up every single week. You gotta, learn week. Yeah. You gotta
1: <laughs> fail and pick yourself up and try again. <laughs> so
0: grab those images. I mean you can share them on Instagram oh, or on completely. social media. Yeah. If you can actually also post them natively as well if you go to our show notes, you can download the images and, and we've done that for you as well. Alright, well next week. We are going to be talking about love and respect. Mm-hmm. We're going to be continuing. Two. So if you haven't yet listened to the first part, be sure to go to episode 37 and listen to that before next week. But we're going to be continuing that conversation because it's it's just that good.
1: <laughs> no, it's just that important. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and really, really, really good for us too. Right. <laughs> so thanks again for listening and we'll check you guys out next time.